Smashing Security, Episode 002, Invest in Carrier Pigeons, with Carol Terrio, Vanya Schweitzer and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Episode 2 of Smashing Security. Um, well, why are you, why are you, Carol, what are you smirking at at that point? I'm just trying no. to be, I'm trying to be upbeat. You said... It's only because it's smashing. You see, guys, Graham is standing up, right? And Graham does a lot of stage presenting. So that's what's going on here. He's presenting. Let's go. Let's do this. You said make it dynamic this time. (laughs) I don't think I've ever said that. Put in lots of, because we want to be finished within about 20 minutes. Do you think we're going to do it? Do you think we're going to do it in 20 minutes? 20 minutes. Let's go. All right. Okay. Episode two is 5th of January, 2017. And we have brought, each of us has brought to the table a story that we've uncovered from the world of computer security this week. We don't reveal to each other what the story is until we actually meet here right now in the chat. So we can now see. He's lying. He's lying. He's lying. He's lying. He's totally lying. I don't know why he's lying, but I want, I just want, I want authenticity. I want transparency. Graham is lying. (laughs) <laughs> okay, carry on. Story number uno. Number one is friend of the show, Donald Trump. Uh, he's between jobs at the moment, so he wasn't able to make it <laughs> onto the podcast today. But he has been talking about computer security. And in fact, on New Year's Eve, he was accosted by one of those evil journalist types who asked him, um, so what's all this about the hacking and Russians hacking into America and into the Democratic Party and all these kind of things? And Donald is not shy of an opinion. And he said some surprising things. He said that no computer is safe and that it's very hard to prove that a hack is linked to a particular country, he said. Um, so he's he been well, well advised by his advisors, it seems. Well, I completely agree. I mean, that was the surprising thing. I thought, actually, you know what? You're right. What computers are safe in this day and age from internet attack and from hackers and from malware um there's the old joke of don't plug in your computer and then you're, you're pretty safe you know don't so, floppy whoa, disk whoa. are you saying then that you don't believe the cia is right and it's pointing the finger at russia oh well that's different okay so i do think it's probable that the russians were behind the hack uh, which, okay. which which hits the Democratic Party. I think there's a number of reasons to believe that that's the most likely. However, proving it 100% is extraordinarily difficult. Um, what we do know is that they were effectively hacked via a phishing attack. That was the primary method. Uh, yeah. and that, that gave them access to the email archive. And But this is the other thing. How do you keep the information safe? Well, the journalist asked Donald Trump that as well. And this is what he said. He said, you want something to really go without detection write it out and have it sent by courier. He didn't say carrier pigeon, although that presumably is an option as well. But what he's saying is, you want to keep a secret, don't put it on a computer. And yeah, that is going to stop it from being hacked. As you know, carrier pigeons were successfully used in the Second World War by the intelligence. That's right. Yes, Uh, they were. Of course, the couriers a few thousand years ago, even in the recent wars, they were used. But whether they're safe... That's a different question. It depends on the cipher you're using. Right, exactly. If you're using a Caesar cipher or ROT13 or something like that, that is not going to be as secure as using OpenPGP or GPG to securely encrypt your messages and have some uh, certainty as to who can open it, who can unlock it and decrypt it. But even then, if you send an encrypted message, if the endpoint, if the other computer you're communicating with is compromised in some fashion, 
a hacker could still see the message, right? Well, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the most of the recent Trojans and recent attacks have in installed Trojans, which would actually allow remote attacker to exactly see what you're doing and, and record all this data and exfiltrate. Right. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it's sort of par for the course these days for hackers. When they infect your computer, their malware is not only going to be able to access any file on your hard drive, but it has the ability to take over your webcam, to log what's happening on your screen, take remote control of your keyboard, grab your keystrokes and all kinds of other shenanigans as well. Do you not think, though, sorry, I know we ought to move on, but don't you think, though, that social engineering is playing a much bigger part in malware than it used to? So we're much more reliant now on things like phishing emails or you know, social engineering attacks where you're trying to dupe someone into providing you an access point to get in to get the information you need to hold it for ransom or for whatever, whatever your end game is. I, I think the truth is that the weakness is where it always was. You know, thousands of years ago, the weakness was primarily a human one, yeah? It was either going to be someone who was corrupt, who you gave your message to, who you trusted to transport yeah. it across the plains right. of, you know, wherever to get to the end point. Or there was someone at the other end who dressed up as the king and said, hey, hey man, I'm the king. Why didn't you give me the message so that I can read it? <laughs> That wasn't meant to be an Elvis impression, by the way. I love how you started bouncing around. The he started bouncing when he was the king. There's obviously a secret. <laughs> hey. Graham's the king. Graham wants to be the king yeah, so bad. But, you know, that, those sort of threats, I mean, I, I think that the surprising thing is that some of these attacks can be perpetrated by 14-year-olds. They don't need enormous sophistication because just the simple attacks like phishing really work, and they are going to carry on working for hundreds and hundreds of years, because it, it ultimately is exploiting a weakness in people. And that's what happened yeah. to the Democratic Party. So and what we're saying then... The, the, the software itself is becoming a, a more secure as, as we go. And as like some of the remote code execution vulnerabilities in, in, in browsers, in internet browsers, are not completely uh, removed, but they, they are certainly a smaller number of, of new, new, new vulnerabilities discovered. So what we're saying basically is use encryption where possible. We're saying uh, only put emails, make sure you, what you put in emails and what you click online is not dodgy or wrong or going to lead you down a bad path. And Invest, be careful. Invest in carrier <laughs> pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Something like cool. that. But what, yep. what, so, I mean, in summary, with this particular story, and there, there's been some absurd stories in the press and there's been some poor communication and all, all sorts of things like this my personal belief is do i think it was the russians yeah i probably do i think they had the motivation and they were attacking other military and government officials and so i suspect it wasn't a 14 year old who was behind that particular attack i think that's likely but proving it 100 percent really really difficult attributing an attack confirming it's even state sponsored let alone which state might have done it Really, really hard. Yeah, it's very hard. I, I often think of how how of this one of those like some of the best companies that work with the government actually are able to attribute some of the attacks. And I think the answer is is looking at these sort of historical campaigns over the years. What kind of malware are they using? What sort of uh, infrastructure, command and control, server mm -hmm. encryption algorithms, encryption key, everything that's repeated, you can attribute to an actor A. So how do you now jump from? you know this is an actor A to this is a Russian intelligence is, is a different question. So I wonder whether the, the, the kind of American intelligence services are not telling us everything. Well, 
And they may have information which they don't feel comfortable yeah. sharing. For instance, they may have people on the inside in other exactly. countries who yeah. are feeding back information which they cannot. Exactly. So they don't want to compromise it, your cannot, yeah, sources. They're, they're stuck behind a rock and a hard place, basically. And one but of it the is kind of weird to watch the president. It's kind of weird to watch president-elect and CIA basically not trust each other publicly in the media. Like, it's kind of eek. <laughs> you, well, well, you, you, bet, you bet that's going to change pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah. they're going to completely trust and rely on each other. I think we're going we're gonna to enter a state of utter normality in the Trump presidency. So make the most of it while you can, Carol. <laughs> Uh, okay, because great. things are going to dramatically calm down and everything's going to be wonderful. <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry about that. Um, so let's, Vanya, Vanya. let's move on. Vanya, what have you got? Okay, the, the second story for today is, is quite related to what Graham was, uh, was talking about. And it's, it's, it's about the same group of actors that uh, uh, computer security company CrowdStrike is calling APT28. Uh, and the new piece of malware that's been discovered on Android phones in Ukraine. So the different, different same attackers, different target of the attack. And allegedly there was a software that was used by the Ukrainian B30 howitzer units to calculate the elevation or the angle of how, how well they should, they should target. And it was actually infiltrated by uh, the same actor who uh, included the code that was among the other things from the phone, such as the model of the phone, the type of the phone, uh, the phone number, and so on, sent the kind of coordinate, coordinates of the nearest cell tower that the phone was connecting to. So, so what's D30 howitzer? What is that? Well, it's, 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 it was actually quite popular in the old Soviet times. It's a 122-millimeter um, artillery weapon. And oh, so it's for the army. It's for the army. Yeah. So okay, basically, okay. The, 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 the howitzer are, well, cannons. I don't know how okay. to call them. <laughs> uh, he's, so, he's pretending not to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, actually, I, they have been used in uh, some previous conflicts in in my parts of the world as well, mm -hmm. uh, and they were like one of the the biggest um, um, weapons that was used by the former Yugoslav army. So I love how we always get a history lesson from you, Vanya. Yeah. I think this should be. A, I think we need one every week. I love it. <laughs> so, so, um, I, so what we've got here are soldiers in the Ukraine or in Ukraine, who are downloading this app in order to help them work out what elevation to have their artillery or something in order to shoot off missiles. Yes, yeah, so, so, so from like the minutes to actually you have to, the way you have to set up your howitzer to shoot, it's, it, oh. will, it will bring the time of targeting to like seconds. And the original application was developed by uh, one of the officers in the Ukrainian army. Okay. Uh, and allegedly distributed on, on Ukrainian um, uh, military-related forums, which, which to me, it sounds a bit, uh, uh, well... This well, is, you're assuming those are open forums. They could be closed forums, right? I mean... Well, but how, how do you know if, if somebody who's a member of the forum, you can always pretend to be the author yeah. of, of the oh, app, no. which, which is yeah. what allegedly has happened. And that uh, app was, was downloaded 9,000 times a uh, the, the the legitimate one, and we don't know how many people use the illegitimate or, so, or Trojanous version of the app. We think this malicious Android app, which helps the army you know, fire their cannons and things like this, was leaking information about the location of these weapons. 
potentially to yeah, it, it, it seems and 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 if you read the report which was released by CrowdStrike um you you could see that they claimed that about 50% of all the army units that had these howitzers were uh how they called um they had loss of them uh so so they were using the, app. the lines yeah it, it, we don't know whether they were using an app or not but read between the lines it was implied that you know, if you're using the app, you'll be easily discovered easier, easily or easier by the opponent forces. And, God, um, do you think some behind. people, some people are getting a big uh, talking down to right now? I bet on this, eh? When it, when we, when it well, went, if, not if, now, if, but when if, it was released. If you think about the whole kind of a topic of operational security, that was a, a big fail on Ukrainian side. If it's true that the Russians have managed to infiltrate their app in that sort of way. So, Vanya, as our man in Eastern Europe, um, do you have any thoughts as to who possibly might be interested in monitoring the location of Ukrainian armaments? I mean, who who would want to do such a thing? Is there... yeah, I, I think I think it's, it's pretty obvious that what what people are saying is um, that, that that the Russians may be behind it. What? However, however, what? the guy the guys from the crisis. Um, Research lab in Hungarian research labs have actually discovered a couple of interesting strings in in malware. One of them is, uh, uh, I think, it's a variable name, or at least value of the variable that that has um, German words for nothing, nichts, as a default value. And then there's another misspell of phone standard with a T at the end, which you know is it is it kind of Russian spelling? Is it German? You know, it's is it difficult to say. So, so once again, we come to the point that, that attributing attacks to like a particular actor is is not an easy thing to do. Not an easy thing at all. Oh, pretty heavy stuff, Kroll. What have you got up at your yellow sleeve today for us? Oh, I've got something much more fun and light, so we can end on a cheery note. So, I've actually put a title to my topic. Um, so, note to you two. So mine's called, well, we've come a long way from tinfoil hats. And this is all about, as digital surveillance increases, a lot of us think about privacy. And uh, there's this project called Hyperface. And this guy, Adam Harvey, he's an artist and independent researcher based in Berlin, is handling it slightly differently than others by trying to design things like clothing that basically uh, fools photo recognition software. So imagine a coat that's made of a fabric with a pattern, and the pattern basically has faces on it that would be detected by face recognition software. So you said faces, did you? Faces. So imagine... Okay. Yeah, something like this, you know? <laughs> were, you making a, were you making a very rude joke? You have a child, don't you? A five-year-old? Yeah, <laughs> okay. hence there's a lot of potty talk. Yeah. <laughs> So the whole idea is it kind of confuses it. So you'd wear this out if you didn't want people to take pictures of you and being able and having the camera being able to kind of say, oh, that is definitely Graham Cluley. And I'm going to tag, tag that with his, you know, with his social media pictures and find him everywhere on the web is the idea. Now, kind of cool, ridiculous. What are you guys thinking? Well, it, it reminds me of something that we did a long time ago in some of our previous lives. Ah, um, uh, the April one Fool's of the April joke. joke. Yeah. Yes. Which we did. We, we actually claimed that we developed technology that can detect hacker or the bad guys simply by, you know, uh, recording your, your photo the way you look like. And so it was this, is, the, this is the counter that. 
Yeah. It was when you, know, you wore a baseball like, cap, baseball cap or something like that. Or if you yeah, had yeah. facial hair like Vanya does, it must let's be a bad link. Facial hair put a, was almost instantly unrecognizable. Yeah. We'll put a link in so people can see it because that's ages old, but that's great fun. Now, th- this guy, this, let me just finish this because there's some great stuff here. So this guy has done other projects, one called Camouflash, which would be a purse with an electronic device that reacts to a camera's flash. So with lights, so when the, you know, when the light hits, it basically shines back and it makes your face look like a halo of light. It's like a halo of light. So it's all kind of stealth wear. He has anti-drone scarves meant to be worn over your head and it kind of subverts thermal vision surveillance from military drones. So it's useful so fashion. So you either flash somebody or just hit them in the face. That's what they were doing in Croatia. That's right. I don't know if you noticed this, but we just lost Graham. Oh, Graham. Yeah, no one noticed. No one noticed. No one noticed. Oh, no no one noticed. I'm no back. one noticed. You're back. I'm back. Anyway. Is it a, is it a dog it, issue? It wasn't again? that I was bored, Crow. It wasn't that I was bored. <laughs> it, it was my dog. So I had uh-huh. to disappear. For those people who are just listening, not seeing the pictures, I had to go to the front door because the dog was going, rah, 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 rah. wanted uh. to get out. Yeah. But it's, it's all right now. Anyway, um, so... What my question is this: Why wouldn't someone just wear a balaclava or a wide-brimmed hat or some spangly sunglasses? Um, well, I think they that do. do. The job? I, yeah, no, I think they do. I think this guy is giving. You know, he's an artist. He's also commenting on it, but he's also raising the issue of look, privacy is something that we. I don't think we take for granted today. I think we're fighting tooth and nail, many of us, to try and keep a hold of some level of privacy because somehow it feels like a human right to me, anyway. But I don't know if the next generations are going to feel the same. <laughs> If they're just going to be able, you know, for convenience, for convenience sake of having a phone or having a smartwatch or having all these gadgets, are we giving up something much more precious? Well, and I, I think, think that's, the, that's what he's bringing yeah. to the fore, right? That's what he's, he's bringing us to discuss and to think about, which is good. Well, there are many people actually thinking about privacy, but I, I, I'm afraid this is a losing battle because most of the people really like their convenience of having yeah. a phone, having the information, posting it anywhere, posting it on Facebook. They don't really care or they don't really mind that this information is actually collected and it's used in for commercial and any and, and it's potentially for any other kind of surveillance type purposes. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. There will, be, there will always be people who will be very privacy conscious and they'll be, let's say, protected or at least they'll think they're protected. But the majority of people will be kind of exposed to what I don't know. Now. We're all we're all around the same age, but you remember when the door closed when we were kids, right? It was like utter privacy in the house, right? There was no way unless someone had a camera and they maybe get it developed a month later. Yeah. <laughs> there didn't be any evidence of it. And now we, we all have cameras everywhere and voice recorders, and we have we put them in our homes liberally. We don't even some, have a room for it. <laughs> some people are even streaming their podcast chats right? live on YouTube. How insane is right? that? And then the Crazy. dog wants to get out the front door. <laughs> <laughs> Nuts, what we're revealing here. You'd never have noticed if you hadn't been watching. Um, we are just about running out of time. Very quickly, let's have some feedback on last week's show. Um, it was our first ever episode, and we were talking about uh, the challenge of providing technical support to our friends and families over the holiday season and managing elderly relatives' passwords. Thanks to everybody who um, gave us some feedback on the show. We're glad you, uh, some of you enjoyed it anyway, um, <laughs> including <laughs> Juliet Spensley, who sent a message saying, hilarious, absolute comedy gold. Please post more. I don't know what on earth she was watching. She must have been watching some 
oh, it must be watching Jimmy Kimmel or something like that rather than us. But she carries on to say, I share your sentiments about your elderly parents and in-laws. My mum is 80 and she wants an iPad. And uh, oh, she's a really sensible type of computer to get an elderly parent, not too much tech support and no real risk of getting any malware on it. Um, but yeah, even my, even my mother-in-law has an iPad and she knows how to use it. So it's, right. it's pretty good. Well, yeah, Juliet's mum wants to FaceTime her mother in Australia, who is 104. So um, well done, Australian mum, grandmum over there. That's very impressive. Indeed. <laughs> who else have we got in the list? And then we have David Lavec, who uh, wrote more about security of the passwords. And he says, I both write down passwords and finally install KeepPass2 for Android, which is free and open source. So this is like both the physical security and sort of an, and digital security. And it could be actually, you know, having the best of, of to, to have both. Um, and yeah, I don't know. There are a few other people who also commented on the same uh, idea of actually writing down the password. And yeah. this is actually, you know, and I, accepted as not I, necessarily yeah. bad. It's not necessarily bad, but there are challenges involved. And that's one thing to remember, because if you are, for instance, away from your home and you need your password, or you're away working, then having them written down in a book back home is no use at all, is it? It's a handler if you can access them on your computer um, in some ways. And there's a risk, of course, if you do take your password book with you, that it might get stolen. So, you know, forces for courses. But most important thing, have secure passwords, make them unique. And that's that's what people need to do. Well, we're about to wrap up uh, very quickly. Um, who had the least tedious story this week? Me, me, Carol, me. Maybe, maybe, maybe the listeners should decide, not us. Oh, that's a good idea. Right? Maybe they could leave a comment. Yeah, they crawl. That was a very amazing story. Right. Well done, crawl. Well done, crawl. Right. Well done, crawl. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out next week who was the best. Maybe. Come on, uh, come on. Is that well, what they do on the X Factor shows? Come Yeah. Oh, they, <laughs> yes. Um, well, that just about wraps it up. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and the kind words and even the grumpy words as well. We appreciate all of them. If you've got any thoughts, things that you think we should be talking about, get in touch with us. Our Twitter is at Smashing Security. That's Smashing without a G, security. Um, so uh, until next time, cheerio. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.